podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Ben from Zero Pucks Given. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to remind you that all of the episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you find your podcasts, as well as most of them on YouTube as well. You can catch up with last week's episodes where I caught up with the girls from the Invicta Dynamics and I caught up with Romford Buccaneers star Courtney Grant. They're all there, ready to listen to. Enjoy this episode. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. This is episode 71. I'm Ben. Welcome along. We've got the match reports from an exciting weekend in the Britain Division and Cup, the exclusive coaches' thoughts, player of the week, table update, and next week's fixtures. Now, obviously, we will get into Saturday night's Cup game in Streatham. A lot has been said online. The videos have done the rounds. We obviously expect that England Ice Hockey's Department of Player Safety will get involved, and we wait to see what the outcome of that is. I will share my opinion slightly later when we talk about the game. But first, let's get to the rest of the weekend's fixtures then. Eight in total, two Saturday and a full programme Sunday. And we will start at the hangar as the stars fly into town. Retro night at the hangar. So the Winnipeg-style jerseys were back out and the visitors with Shannon Taylor now permanently in the head coach role and looking to get some points on the board. Although arriving with just 16 skaters and just one netminder. The game started fairly evenly until the home side took the lead when Kyle Bradburn went unassisted on 5.44 for 1-0. Both sides took penalties on 8.36 when Harris and Hemmings-Mayer took two for tripping and Oxford had a power play chance on 12.53 when Clark sat for tripping. But just before it was due to expire, Hind Pitcher made his way to the box on 14.16 for slashing, giving us 40 seconds of four on four, but no further goals. As the teams restarted the second, Shannon Taylor's words were ringing strong in the Stars' ears as they pressed quickly and equalised when Lorde assisted Theo Bundock on 20.49 to make it 1-1. Chances at both ends after that, but it was the Jets who retook the lead when Seb Moore and Redmond assisted Dylan Holliker for 2-1 on 24.14. Darcy Flanagan took a roughing penalty on 37.18, but the Stars killed it off and the second finished 2-1. Into the third and Seb Moore took two for slashing on 44.44, and just before that penalty expired, Hemmings, Mayer and Moody both took two for tripping and hooking respectively, giving us four on three for a few seconds until the Moore penalty was killed. Shortly after that, it was a tied game when Nethersell and Hullaby assisted Darcy Flanagan for 2-2 on 46-48. The game continued to be tight until Seb Moore and Goodchild assisted Dylan Holliker for his second, making it 3-2 on 54-14. The Stars called timeout, hoping they could back into the game on 57-06, but just before the Stars would have considered pulling Miller, Jack Goodchild put the tie to bed, assisted by Lindgren and Drelin on 58-52, 
making it 4-2 to Slough and sealed the two points, sending them top of the Britain division as Streatham are in cup action and Chieftains don't play till Sunday. Man of the match performances from Holocker and Bundock as the Jets will head to the Thunderdome whilst the Stars will head home to host the Chieftains. Streatham Redhawks versus Invicta Dynamos in the Britain Cup at the High Road started a feisty affair as after just a minute and seven, Martin was given five for fighting and five plus game, ejected from the game for a hit from behind and Springer Hughes also sat for five, which set the tone for the evening. A few minutes later, there was a further penalty when Beasley drew a holding infringement from Matty Bell on 3.10, but after the two minutes, both teams were back to full strength. On 9.26, after Miles went coast to coast, he was taken down near the net and took exception to it. The official calls was a five-minute major for Lillis for charging and a two-minute minor for Miles for roughing. A minute later, Skokan sat for two for tripping on 10.26, giving us four on three. After Miles' penalty expired, Ben Ely Newman rung the iron, and after Skokan's penalty expired, the home side took the lead through Luke Brittle, assisted by Waller on 12.34, power play goal. As the period was winding down, JJ Pitchley took a two-minute roughing penalty on 17.16, but the most failed to capitalise, with Milton standing on his head. As the first finish, tempers flared and some scuffles began opposite the benches, seemingly starting with a stick to the face for JJ Pitchley, I believe from Josh Condren. Then after a few spats across the ice, unfortunately I wasn't able to detect, detect exactly who between. However, there seemed to be a few digs taking place whilst players were on the floor. Now I wasn't there, so I cannot comment with any degree of visual integrity, but I will say with everything I saw, everything I read and everything I've been told by both head coaches and people that were there, the situation was avoidable. The officials should have taken control earlier. And for me, the game probably should have been completed. It's a physical game played by strong athletes that play with passion and sometimes it overspills. The officials then, of course, have the hardest job to contain the emotion from both benches. As it was, the game was abandoned at the end of the first with the score at 1-0. And we await the disciplinary outcome from England ice hockey. To Sunday then, and we had a full programme as it was confirmed early Sunday morning that despite the goings-on on the high road in the Britain Cup, it was confirmed that the league fixture at Planet Ice Gillingham would go ahead. And so both teams short-benched, be it from injury or perhaps quick notification of suspensions, but present nonetheless, got the game underway and the visitors took an early lead, silencing the crowd, when Beasley and Benny Lee Newman assisted Thomas Skokan for 1-0 on 240. On 3.10, Toombs took a penalty for hooking, giving Invicta a power play chance, but Bellini Newman forced the breakaway and tucked away the shorthanded goal on 4.45 to make it 2-0. On 9.38, the visitors made it 3 when Skokan and Ely Newman assisted Ziggy Beasley even-handed. Callum Burnett took a two-minute penalty for charging on 15.25, but the Moes were unable to get themselves back in the game. The second started in the same fashion as the Red Hawks pushed further ahead early when Lane and Toombs assisted Sam Waller, who made it 4-0 on 2028. The Moes had a power play chance shortly after when Warman sat for two for boarding on 22-20. Invicta did pull a goal back when Bronyman and Dell assisted Tom Saw to make it 4-1 in 23-flat power play goal. A series of penalties for both sides yielded no further goals, but the visitors extended their lead at the halfway point when Painter assisted Benny Lee Lumen on 31.03 for 5-1. A few minutes later, the Dynamo's defence was breached again when Gregory assisted Ethan Lane on 35.43 for 6-1. And from the restart, it went from bad to worse for the home side when Beasley and Ely Newman, with a hat-trick of assists, laid on for Thomas Skokan for 7-1 on 36.04. 
For the start of the third, the Moes pulled Owen Ryder as Kieran Wyatt took his place. But the game slipped further away as Benny Lee Newman completed his hat-trick of goals, assisted by Skokan and Watt on 43-02 for 8-1. Ryder then returned to the pipes with Wyatt suffering an injury, and the Moes pulled one back when Laszczak assisted Tom Saw on 48-05. And the roles reversed as we headed to the final buzzer when Saw assisted Stano Laszczak to score on 58-05. Making the final score 8-3 to the Red Hawks, Man of the match performances from Benny Lee Newman and Josh Oliver. The result leaves Streatham in second, but with five games in hand on the Jets. After the game at Planet Ice Gillingham, Carl Lennon declined to comment on the weekend. However, I can quote Carl directly. Saturday's game is under investigation, so not the time for speculation. All I will say is I was extremely unhappy with the events of Saturday. It's a horrible look for the sport we all love, and, that, and we will own our part of it and deal with it accordingly. Thank you to Carl for that. We know it's been an incredibly difficult weekend and we all know that Carl is a great coach, a great man and a great contributor to the podcast. So for him not to send an audio explains just how disappointed Carl is with the weekend's incidents. Ben Painter, the Streatham Redhawks player coach, did feel, however, that he had some views to put out and he gave those to ZPG. Yeah, so obviously um, doubleheader weekend against Invicta. Um, Saturday night in Streatham in the Cup and Sunday night... um, in Invicta in the league and yeah I mean I don't think it's everyone sort of will know what unfolded on on Saturday night and I don't really think it's the the right time to to make comment on on what happened there's obviously still uh, investigations internally from clubs and um, obviously because there's five in game penalties handed out Dops are going to be going to be having their look on it so at this point I don't I don't really want to to comment um but yeah, it was uh, a bit bit disappointing um, how the game didn't get finished, and I'd, I'd like to take the opportunity to obviously apologise to fans in the building that obviously didn't get to see a whole a whole hockey game that that, that should have carried on. Um, obviously, Invicta sort of opted to to leave after the first period and, and didn't want to come back out for the second. Which um, yeah, I mean they're, they're in their right to to make that decision. Um, but just apologies to the to the people that were in the building in the evening. It was a uh, a packed house and a great atmosphere and it was a shame that we we couldn't have a a full 60 minutes of hockey there but yeah we we go into we went into sunday in invicta um with only one thing on our mind we were we're going there in the league we want every single set of league points we can get we're still still in the hunt for the league and i think we we had nothing in our mind other than winning a hockey game and walking out of there with two points we knew we were going to go into a building that was going to be very hostile and, and the crowd were going to be on our case straight away. Um, I mean, I've been booed in Invicta a lot of times. Um, I'm not sure I've been booed that much, though. Um, but it is what it is. We expected it, and I think that really did sort of... They spurred us on the way we the way we went into that building and how hostile it was. They spurred us on to really dig deep, and we knew that we weren't leaving that rink without two points. So, um, yeah, I was extremely pleased with how we played. We were short bench, and we managed our game very well. Um, and and to have a start like that in a building like that, to go 2-0 up within sort of five minutes and completely silence a building that was completely against us, it was it was unbelievable. Um, so we had a, we had a great following there. Um, a lot of Stratton fans made the trip, and, and we we sort of we really appreciate that, and we really appreciate that support. Um, we we got a great set of travelling fans that, that go all over the place, and it, it really does it really does um, spur us on a bit and. Yeah, I mean, I was I was over the moon with how we played. We we sort of we were in control of the game. We we kept our emotions in in check, and we we were we were focused on one thing. And 
we were yeah it was, it was brilliant to see that we we can get the job done even when our backs are up against the wall so we we had a couple of individual efforts that were that were great i mean ziggy beasley double shifted in the center there and he's been brilliant for us all year um and you got milks just just being an absolute rock at the back and and then you got someone like benny newman who he goes into that building gets a, gets three goals three assists is plus seven on the night and just literally just dominates just dominates up and down the ice so it's infectious when you've got guys that are just going everyone else buys in they see the guy next to them going and we've really got that sort of that team team chemistry now there everyone's on the same page and we're there for a job and yeah it was great to see um i, I was i was pleased and um yeah over the moon with how we performed and how we conduct ourselves and getting the two points was all that mattered and we did it so yeah i was a uh, i was uh I was pleased with our performance on the Sunday night. Sunday also saw the Solent Devils head up to the Romford Buccaneers, knowing a win would go a very long way to confirming their cup semi-final berth. And as the game got underway at the Sapphire, and it was the home side that took an early lead through Kazakhs, assisted by Pascal and Wilson. The Devils equalised in the first through Necrovicius, assisted by Osman. The Devils then took the lead through Luke Forsyth, assisted by Murray and Lackey. Into the second, and the Devils extended their lead to 3-1 when Osman assisted Dev- Devils number 51. Sorry, no name there. Ewan Hill then pulled one back for the Bucks, assisted by Pascali to make it 3-2. Into the third, and Luca Pascali turned goal scorer, assisted by Long and Wilson, to make it a tied game at 3-3. Devils captain Alex Cole stepped up with the captain's goal to make it 4-3 to the Devils, before Ewan Hill got his second, assisted by Donald, to make it 4-4. Into overtime the game went, with chances at both ends, but no winning goal in the OT period. So to the shootout, where the home side took a 2-0 win on penalties, with goals from Nathan Long and Joe Tamarlin, giving the Bucks their first two points of the calendar year. The result leaves the Devils requiring a point still to reach the Cup semi-final from the game with Streatham, so a minimum of an overtime loss is required. And after the game, Devils player coach Alex Murray gave his thoughts to zero pucks given. Naturally, obviously, bitterly disappointed with the result in Romford uh, yesterday. I think credit firstly to the Buccaneers. I think their young, exuberant, energetic uh, play, um, their mindset uh, made it a difficult game for us. Um, we were having to manage through some injuries. We still got a lot of guys out. And um, that said, you know, we, we, we went there with a strong enough team to to get a result. And I think, you know, whilst we started off slow, we just didn't put the puck in the net. It's only had a... Sonny had a very good game and I think in the second when we were dominant um, a lot of our chances weren't taken. We weren't clinical when we were in control of the game and that allowed for them to slip back in. I think penalties were an issue um, and they were very good on their power play and look, you know, last weekend we got to a shootout and luck was on our side and this week, um, credit to them, they had, a, they had a good couple of goals there and we drew a blank. So it's a... Uh, it's a difficult one because obviously this impacts the cup and the league and we have to go to Shretham next week now looking to get at least a point out of that to keep the cup semi-finals alive. But ultimately, you know, after last week of six points over the week, you know, it's it's very difficult that um you know, very difficult to only come away with one point there. But that's not taking anything away from Romford. They were incredibly um, you know, well drilled. They played a great game and credit to them. And the victorious Romford Buccaneers coach, Jason Buckman, also gave his thoughts to the podcast. Good win at the weekend for Buccaneers against Silent after penalty shots. Good way to start 2024. Um, hopefully that gives the guys a lot of confidence for the second half of the season. Moving into uh, 
another hard fixture away at Invicta this weekend. Um, hopefully we can build on that performance and uh, get some more points on the board. Slough Jets made the trip up the M1 to the Thunderdome, where they found the Milton Keynes Thunder in the mood to keep it tight. However, the visitors took an early lead when Christian Moore and Hemmings Mayer assisted Lewis English on 2.29 for 1-0. They did, however, keep it tight for the rest of the period. Early into the second period, the Jets extended their lead when Minter assisted Seb Moore on 23.39 to make it 2-0. Into the third period and Slough had a penalty shot awarded, which Seb Moore duly stepped up and slotted home for 3-0. Some debate about the exact time, so I won't say either way. And the scoring wasn't finished on 54-46 when Kyle Bradburn made it 4-0, assisted by Erskine. A big night too for Connor Dudley, making his first senior appearance in the pipes for the last five minutes. Connor's dad, Nick, is the proud wearer of a Slough Jets coloured Zero Pucks given beanie hat. Check out the merch page for yours in your team colours. Christian Moore takes the man of the match for the Jets. Didn't get the MK1, unfortunately, but a four-point weekend that puts the Jets top for this week. The final game of Sunday was at the Oxpens, as the Oxford City Stars season was in need of a kickstart and the visit of the Chieftains boasted a bumper crowd and recorded record-breaking pre-sales. So congratulations to everyone with the club on that. A tight start to the game saw chances at both ends, but Czech and Lorde equal to all. The first finished 0-0, despite the Chieftains out-shooting the Stars 18-7. Into the second, and the Stars had a few chances and killed off a penalty before Kieran Rayner laid on the assist for TJ Fillery to put the Chieftains ahead on 27-06. Just over a minute later, Damon Porter, Damon Porter went unassisted to make it 2-0 to the visitors. And you could forgive the Oxford players and fans for starting to get the familiar sinking feeling, but they reacted well as two of the Stars' imports combined with Flanagan assisting Dylan Hullaby to snipe into the top corner for 2-1 on 30-51. And after some chances in a period of 4-4, four four, the period was drawn to a close when Flanagan again went apple-picking and assisted Bailey Hind-Pitcher to make it 2-2 on 37-05. Just as you'd expect the home side to go in with their tails high, everyone's favourite wasp at a barbecue, Alan Lack popped up and gave the Chieftains a 3-2 lead, unassisted on 39-25. Into the third and not the start the Stars would have been hoping for when King and Grant Bartlett assisted Ollie Bulldog to make it 4-2, just 25 seconds into the third period. The Stars had a couple of power play opportunities but couldn't find their way past Jordan Lorde and as the game was drifting from them, the Chieftains settled the tie when Lack and Cam Bartlett assisted Grant Bartlett on 56-22 to make it 5-2. A great road win for the Chieftains, keeping up the pressure on the top two. For the Stars, performances are improving. It would appear Shannon Taylor isn't too far away from finding the winning combination. What an incredible weekend of hockey. Those full programme Sundays just bring the best out of everyone. Right then, now it's time for this. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks, given Britain Division Player of the Week. Player of the Week then. A little difficult to choose again this week. Some great performances by the Slough lads, particularly Brad Byrne and Holocker. A great four-point weekend for them. And considering the debacle on Saturday night at the high road, one player really stood above it all the following night bagging three goals and three assists. Player of the week this week is Stratton Red Hawks' Ben Ely-Newman.
Let's have a look at the Britain division table then. Sitting atop the Britain are the Slough Jets. Play 23, 116, lost 7. And they are sitting there with 32 points. The Streatham Redhawks are in second, having played at just 18, 115, lost 3, 30 points. The Chelmsford Chieftains are in third, played 22, 115, lost 7, 30 points. And completing the top four is the Solent Devils, played 19, 112, lost 6, one overtime loss, 25 points. In fifth, the Invicta Dynamos have played 21, 111, lost 8, with two overtime losses, 24 points. Then there's a little bit of a gap heading down to six where you find the Romford Buccaneers played 18, won six, lost 10, two overtime losses, 14 points. And then another little gap down to the seventh where the Oxford City Stars have played 21, won three, lost 16, and two overtime losses, eight points. And then again, another little gap down to the bottom where you'll find Milton Keynes Thunder who have played 16, won one, lost 15 Two points conceded 137 goals, averaging out at just about 8.5 per game. Fixtures for next week. Next week, just the one game Saturday as the top two collide in a league fixture. Jets versus Red Hawks, 6.30 at the hangar. Sunday sees another full programme, starting at Planet Ice Gillingham, where the Dynamos will face the Buccaneers at 5.45. At 6pm, the Riverside ignites as the Chieftains welcome the Thunder. At 6.15 at the Oxpens, the Jets look to go all top gun on the Stars. And finally, 6.45, high road in Streatham, South London. The Solent Devils make the trip to the Red Hawks with their cup semi-final place hanging in the balance. Well, that is the lot for this episode. Fantastic stuff. There is at least one more coming this week as I'll be joined by Invicta Dynamo stopper Owen Ryder. Maybe get a little first-hand view of Saturday night's goings-on as well, as all the normal stuff and we'll chat about and your questions that you've been so great to send in as well. Of course, if there's any DOPS news after this weekend's fixtures, we'll bring that to you as we get it. So coming up is Owen Ryder, and at some point this week, Buccaneers super kid Brindley Caps, so look forward to those. Make sure you're following on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads, TikTok, and Snapchat as well as subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course the YouTube channel where there is hours and hours of content from the last 18 months of ZPG. I did tease last week. I'm still teasing now. There is some big news, which which I think is pretty cool and big news, coming about the podcast itself, but not quite yet. A massive thank you to you for listening and for doing all the, the stuff that you do with the liking and the sharing. Thank you to the coaches for providing their thoughts uh, thanks to everyone, again, like, share, feeding that technological algorithm before Skynet goes live and it's all over. So I will see you next time. I'll be back. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 